You're listening to The Morning Coffee with the motivator, motivator. Jazzy G. You say a one for the trouble, two for the time. Uh, Come on, y'all, let's... Now it's time for the morning coffee with my daddy, the motivator, Jazzy G, on Power Me Up Radio, talk 24-7. It's Workout Wednesday with the motivator, Jazzy G. Good morning, good morning, good morning, my soul motivators. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Morning Coffee with yours truly, the motivator, Jazzy G. Here on Power Me Up Radio Talk 24-7, the station with heart on iHeart. And today, beloveds, is Work It Out Wednesday. That's right, today is Work It Out Wednesday. That's right, no more getting over the hump. It's all about working it out. And today, beloveds, I have a special guest with me on this Work It Out Wednesday, right? I have a man that's a spoken word poet. He has an organization that is out of this world, take you to another heights. He worked with young people throughout the school districts out here in New York City and the tri-state. And he's about to expand it all over this country. (laughs) One city at a time, right? But let me tell you a little bit about him, right? Crown K.O. Charles is a Brooklyn native. He's a performer, playwright, and producer, right? This talented young brother has been seen on television radio all over the world, all right? A native of Brooklyn, New York City, right? He's a Grand Slam champion. And matter of fact, he won a Grand Slam champion back in 1998 as one of the youngest Grand Slam champions from the Nurika Poets Cafe. Now, I know you know that place. It's legendary on the Lower East Side of New York City, right? He did amazing things. I mean, he performed at Times Square when the ball dropped New Year's Eve. I mean, that's amazing in itself, all right? And that's performing in front of an audience of millions. You know what I'm saying? He's going to tell us all about that, all right? So, without further ado, I want to introduce to you the one, the only, Krell Kale. Oh. Hey, K.O., how you doing, brother? How you doing, brother? You know, just trying to work it out this on Wednesday. <laughs> I'd like to welcome to the morning coffee today, man. I, I'm so appreciative that you're here today on the morning coffee and at your busy schedule. Because I know you're doing a lot of things in the world, education and everything. You're a busy man. So, you know, school's back in and everything. So I'm so appreciative that you're here today. So now... K.O., I want you to tell my tribe, my soul motivators, who exactly is Krell K.O. Charles and how did he get started as a spoken word artist? And I know you have a play that's that's brand new called Growing Up Daddy and everything. Tell my soul motivators who you are and what you're all about, brother. Michael Charles. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me here. I started off in, let's say, around 1997, 1998. I started performing or actually writing poems. And then there was a competition that I had when I went to college. And that, um, and I won that competition and it went, and I had the opportunity to perform in other, other stages. One of them being the New Eureka Poets Cafe. And in that year, I became the Grand Slam uh, champion at the New Eureka Poets Cafe. And from there, 
I did a lot of traveling. Uh, I've uh, traveled to over 200 learning institutions, and I've also met uh, a few people that, uh, like uh, Bruce George, who uh, got me involved with deaf poetry. And after I did deaf poetry, I started traveling even more. And I realized it was more a career uh, rather than something that I just love to do. Right. Tell my listeners about the Deaf Poetry Jam uh, experience and what that was like. Because, you know, people that, that watched the Deaf Poetry Jam on HBO caught you and probably saw your performance. But give them what that experience was like. I got in, involved with uh, Deaf Poetry through uh, Bruce George and also a man named Danny Simmons. And I... Um, I had the opportunity to perform all over. Um, it was also, of course, everyone knows uh, Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons' brand was connected to it. And during that process, Russell had me traveling all over the place, performing uh, in, in the name of Deaf Poetry. Um, uh, yeah, and we hit up some really good places like Detroit, Chicago, uh, and other places, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and so forth. Um, and uh, when we actually did the filming of it, because, you know, after the promotion of it, it was the filming of it. Um, we also did Summer Stage, of course, in New York City. Right. And um, and after that was the filming of it at the Supper Club. And it was an amazing experience. I got to meet a lot of uh, uh, celebrities and, and uh, you know, people of that ilk. And I was um, able to perform and have fun performing. And, um, and yeah, it was a great experience. I still perform today uh, with Deaf Poetry Reunion, and right. it always takes me back to you know that time and that place. And I was very young, and I, and uh, but it was very enjoyable, and it also uh, stood as a platform that led me to do bigger things. Right, right. That that has to be amazing too. And and, and for those who are not familiar with with, with Danny Simmons, uh, he's the oldest brother of Russell Simmons and uh, Rev Run. And uh, I, I had the, the experience of, of, of hanging out with Danny a few times. I've been to his gallery and everything and uh, in Brooklyn. And uh, it, it was amazing. You know, it was so cool. It's like, you know, he in his bathroom, he had like a, a Basquiat in, in the bathroom. I'm like, yo, <laughs> it's so, it so cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but that had to be a, a, a fun-filled experience. Now, I know, KL, you, you have a, a, a play. Um, called yeah. Growing Up Daddy And I know you're a father of a daughter and everything like that Your girl dad like myself Tell my listeners what inspired you to write Growing Up Daddy Well you said it right there I was inspired by the birth of my daughter It was a time uh, A daunting time uh, uh, it, it, was, it was the time that I just got started to be saddled with responsibility And right. um, at that time I um, I felt that, you know, the emotions of actually being responsible for another human being, another life form, um, right. that uh, inspired me to start writing the play. And as time went on, I, you know, I wrote a part two to the play and that was inspired by my experiences that I, that I had with my daughter as she got older and trying to understand the nuances, I guess, uh, fatherhood and childhood and uh, girlhood <laughs> and trying to figure it all out 
and yeah. so and that that's what encompasses what growing up daddy is yeah because it's amazing when you're raising daughters i'm gonna tell you i have four <laughs> they grow now and i have two granddaughters so it's an experience and a half you know because you got to deal with <laughs> attitudes you got to deal with and not so much just attitude but personalities you know and, and women they come a certain way so when they growing up and they expect their fathers to be a certain way you know saying because we have to be that we have to be the protector the provider and the producer and that's what you know we are for them which is cool in itself you know and i always say just because you have a daughter doesn't make you a girl dad so i understood that that whole process of what kobe bryant as he labeled girl dad was about doesn't mean that you're only a father of girls now tell my soul motivators what fatherhood lessons that they can learn that you learned right um during the process of writing growing up daddy yeah well you know what it's not so uh, it's not necessarily the writing process it's just lessons that i've learned from fatherhood in a whole and i guess i've recollected during the writing process and uh well the first thing i've learned is that my daughter has a mind of her own <laughs> and you know i can't expect her to like the same things i do and follow right. the same footsteps that i do and one example that i always give is that um my daughter has two art forms that she has you know uh been introduced to one is dance through her mother and the other is the oratory skill that she has and that is more through me right and you know and during um i would say somewhere within the elementary ages uh, i think third fourth and fifth grade she discovered that she does have an oratory skill even the way she she performed well not performed even when she spoke about her science projects you can tell that she the way that she explained herself and everything with such right. confidence you could tell that she was an orator at least i <laughs> thought she was an orator and so um when she did the competitions and she won uh one she won a trophy um i was like yo this is what she's going to do she's definitely going to do this and her mother also helped in pushing her in that direction right considerably but dance was her mother's thing and you know and once once jaya started dancing you know her mother continuously had her go to classes and so forth and it seemed to me that you know that they were gearing towards more dance than oratory and in my you know opinion i thought that she was a great orator you know <laughs> right right at the right. end of the day she started dancing she loves dance she loves the expression of dance and um and she loves the camaraderie uh, uh, with her friends and when she goes to dance class so you know who am i to step in her way and you know i i left her with that and let her take her dance but i think she will re revisit you know speaking in front of crowds again yeah it's definitely definitely cuz uh, art is art and like you know my girls especially my my two youngest you know they took up playing instruments in school and you know Gaia she's a dancer but she she also she played two instruments she plays the flute and and play the um the guitar and okay. you know she's into music production now and I had one that started to go to Full Sail University when she had graduated from high school so she can study music production but her route was like hey dance you know what she was doing and you know she she's professional and, and you know she's been in off Broadway plays and things like that and then she just one day applied to Full Sail University and got in 
you know, and started getting into production and started bringing me like uh, different pieces that she was working on and just get my opinion. I was like, okay, cool. It is always a full circle because again, art is art. So her, your daughter getting artistry from you and the dance artistry from her mother is there. It's, it's always indeed, indeed. And they they watch us. Just understand that they watch. So they watch and they learn. They very observant when they're young. We don't we don't realize how much they watch and observe from from uh, what we do. You know, saying even what we don't do. Absolutely, but, uh, which which is also another lesson. Exactly. I had to learn that yeah, they're watching everything and they're soaking it up. Yes, they are. They're like sponges. <laughs> Definitely. Now, who can benefit from this play, Growing Up Daddy? Well, Growing Up Daddy, I believe every man who is a father, anyone who wants to be a father, uh, single mothers, and how a man's mind works, little girls who love their dads, young men who think they're in this world by themselves, they really need to see this play. In other words, everyone. Everyone can benefit from this play. Right. Okay, that's great. That's great. I've seen you perform this before, and it's amazing. And you, you and I brother. actually, we actually met each other through the organization that I big up all the time, Further and Fathering, through uh, Pastor Jeremy Maynard. And it was such amazing just watching you perform it. It's so vivid and real. Now, Kale, you also have an organization that in the school system here in New York, in the tri-state, and it's called Generation Verb. Now, explain to my soul motivators, what exactly is Generation Verb? How did it come about? Okay, well, Generation Verb is um, basically, I have been able to, had the good fortune of hiring uh, uh, several poets who are, you know, are qualified to do workshops. Uh, within literacy and spoken word and and place them in uh, public schools. Not only public schools, we also have been in private schools and within the New York City and greater New York area. Yes. Um, Generation Verb, our mission, we use poetry and visual art as windows through which we examine culture and contemporary social issues in order to show our students how to write the world in an effort to write the world but you can say it as simple as write speak inspire uh we want our students to write creatively speak confidently inspire others while empowering themselves and we do it through a series of workshops two to three sessions a week for a span of 30 to 32 weeks or the entire school year and you know you you watch some of these students and you realize they have an innate ability that they don't even know that they have but basically we show them that it is there and we give them permission to enact it uh that's powerful that's powerful that's something that's truly needed in this public school system i think it's something that even though it's done you're doing it in the tri-state area of new york i think this is something that's going to really expand i see it nationwide <laughs> because it's, it's something that's definitely needed especially today because when it comes to spoken word or you know young people expressing themselves through communication or any form of communication the young people today they can communicate way better than we could especially so in my true. generation so true way better and they have more outlets they have more freedom they have the you know saying to express themselves so your organization i think is to encourage them and really show their 
they true the true essence of who they are and what they could be i think that's great that's marvelous brother that that is so marvelous so kale tell my soul motivators how they can get in touch with you to actually be a part or be a part generation verb and how like say maybe if someone's listening that they might be a, a school principal or superintendent or something like that how can they get involved with your program to bring their program to your school district yes absolutely they can uh contact info at generationverb.com um that is the best way uh it is info at generationverb.com cool now what are some of the, the school districts here in new york city and the tri-state area that's involved with your program now you know, to be quite honest, I can't name them by districts. I can, <laughs> I can only tell you that we are in Brooklyn, uh, in in Bedford-Stuyvesant area. We are in uh, also the East New York area, and also the Park Slope area. Recently, that's in Brooklyn and Harlem. We are, I mean, in Manhattan. We are in the Harlem area, and we are in the Bronx area, upper. I think it's called uh, East Chester okay. Avenue. Yeah, okay. and those now, are the areas that we are in uh, in New York City for, as of now. And Queens, I can name the Queens district, District okay. 29 in Queens. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Brother K.O., would I be putting you on the spot if I asked you to just give us a poem? I could do a poem. I'll do a poem for How Do We Know. Go ahead, brother. It's on you. The floor is yours. Okay. All right, so here we go. It goes... I formed a shield around my existence in the class of eighth grade. I felt like Charlie Brown as my teacher's voice began to fade, closing my eyes by no surprise to all those that intruded because I was distant from the rest and always felt excluded, you see. I was different. I was different. While others talked their talk, I sang my song. I put semicolons, commas, and question marks where they didn't belong. While others claimed things to be fact, the majority accepted it to be so. I was the one to stand back and ask, how do we know? Must I be degraded for being a right brain thinker? Oh, how the teacher hated that with Siri I would tinker. You see, it started when he spoke about woo-man deriving from man and how they're all human. And with this man ending, we can closely relate and understand. But I thought surely he must jest about the mothers of our nation. How do we know the word man constitutes a woman's derivation? So I said, Professor, can I ask you a question? He said, go ahead and shoot. I said, if a grape is a fruit, then what the hell is a grapefruit? I said, if a grape is a fruit, then what the hell is a grapefruit? You see, one is much smaller and they don't have the same shape and a grapefruit looks like an orange and most certainly cannot derive from the grape. So if a grape is a fruit, then what in the world is a Mr. Kale? This is a 45-minute session. Do not interrupt me with such foolish questions. I heard the echoes of his words as my classmates laughed, shriveling my sense of dignity, leaving me feeling daft. But on my side was Einstein, Charles Drew, George Washington Carver, Socrates, and Plato. And we all belted at once. If it didn't know the answer to my question, all you had to do was say so. And of course, he felt disrespected, and he said, I beg your pardon. He called me ignorant, stubborn, and hardened, and put me in the corner like in the garden. And after all that humiliation, I vowed never to do it again. But how could you mute something that came from within? So one day he spoke about the planets and good old Mother Earth, and he continued by assuming we were alone in this great universe. I started to erupt out my seat because I know that he's been had. He said... <clears throat> 
Mr. Keo, is there something that you can add? How do we know? There is no life on Mars. I said, how do we know? There is no life on Mars. Scientists claim this to be a fact, but these are the same people that told me the world was flat. And historians, historians documented their recoveries. But these are the same people that told me of false discoveries. He showed me a picture in a book and professed my theory to be a flop. But teacher, that was kerned and cropped on Cork Express and Photoshop. And a story was concocted for anyone that harasses published in millions of books just to calm the masses. Don't get me wrong, I'm not headstrong, I'm not saying it isn't so. But due to deception and misconceptions, how do we know? I mean to say that we're alone, it can be a complete fallacy. How do we really know we are alone in this single galaxy? Teacher, the nerve of you, you speak as if you've lived amongst the stars. How do we really know? There is no life on Mars. You see, I traveled the universe from the head of my bed and watched Charles Jew draw blood from the earth and made Mars red. Since the birth of the earth, we were breaking down walls, but on Neptune, Alexander Graham Bell is making out of global calls. They said there was no life on Venus, but no one really knows this. The Venusians heard a space shuttle sound and went underground with Harriet Tubman and Moses. And on Uranus, if you can, without blinking man, look beyond, you see Rodan sitting like the thinking man. I saw many faces and many races beyond technology's wings. Plus I saw Flojo and Jesse Owens running around Saturn's rings, running to the rhythm of time. Oh, did I forget to mention, by design, Einstein defined time as a dimension. And I know there's life on Jupiter. I know my eyes do not fail. There I saw George Washington Carver with peanuts for sale. Shakespeare was writing sonnets and Beethoven had an epiphany. Played the bongo on the Congo and called it a symphony. And when I said there were nine planets, and it's they all look laughed. I said I read that in my textbook. Count them. Besides, this book cost me an arm and a leg. It's the top of the line. Check out this fine design, this spine of mine. First published in 1969. Shakespeare said, I don't mean to offend my lord, but my lord, you must be ill. Can't you see this book is written with some technological quill? I said, what trickery is this? Must you play me for some buffoon? I knew there were nine planets since man landed on the moon. So if there are not nine planets, tell me, how do you know? That's when they all pointed at the next planet. It was right behind Pluto. So don't tell me there's no life on Mars and even worse, this universe. When I was a child, my mind ran wild. Don't feed me information that is rehearsed. Let me question the unquestionable. Do not stifle what I say. Because this, this is what's limiting our children today. How do we know? How do we know? <laughs> Gayo, you the man, you the man. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. You the man. You know, I only got one poem I ever written. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh <laughs> yo, that that's powerful. That is powerful. And I thank you, brother. I want you to tell my soul motivators when is your next performance, where you're gonna be and what you're doing. Real, real quick, brother, give them the rundown so they can come check you out. Okay, let's see. I, I know um, October 7th, they're doing a tribute to a Mary Baraka in New York, at, in Newark, Newark, New Jersey at Symphony Hall. I will be performing there with uh, a few other poets and, 
And also there's going to be a music and art element to that too. So that's at Symphony Hall, October 7th, uh, tribute to the great Amiri Baraka, the legendary Amiri Baraka. And I am doing my one-person show, Growing Up Daddy, on November 5th at uh, Baruch College. So stay tuned for information on that. Cool. That's Baruch College. No, this 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 show is nationwide. <laughs> no. okay. yes. All right, <laughs> New York City. <laughs> I thank you, brother, for coming on the morning coffee here on this Work It Out Wednesday, brother. I am so appreciative of you. All right, but as, as all good things have to come to an end, man, I wish I had so much more time for you to do your thing. All right, but as as always, we we uh we uh take our deep breaths and we uh get the oxygen in our mind body and spirit and say our affirmation to close out the show brother and uh i am truly appreciative that you're here today all right so beloved let's uh say our affirmation prayer and go on with our day on this work it out wednesday so breathe in hold it hold it hold it release extend it extend extend it breathe in hold it hold it hold it release extend it extend extend it one more time beloveds breathe in hold it hold it hold it release extend it extend it extend it the light of god surrounds us the love of god enfolds us the power of god protects us the presence of god watches over us wherever we are god is and all is well that is your protection prayer affirmation for the day beloveds on this work it out wednesday you take it with you wherever you go today man be work you off play you take it with you today all right remember i love each and every one of you it's not a damn thing you can do about it hey ko man again man hey i love you brother keep doing what you're doing all right we'll catch you and your show of growing up daddy and generation verb brother all right thank you brother don't y'all touch that dial, because coming up next is Raven the Talk Show Maven. As always, she's going to be doing her thing, all right, on this Work It Out Wednesday. All right, I'll see y'all tomorrow. I love y'all. Peace.